good evening, and welcome to Haunted Hypotheticals. I am your host, Violet Josephine. Tonight is Halloween, and more importantly, the first ever episode of Haunted Hypotheticals. I am so thrilled that you've decided to join me. Each episode, we will sit together by the fire, and I will tell you a story. A scary story. Something to keep you awake at night, fearful of the dark corners of your home. My hope is that you depart each episode entertained and uneased. The first volume of this podcast is very much a work in progress, as I figure out the best way to deliver you new frights. Story structure and how stories are presented may differ episode to episode. I have many ideas to experiment with. I implore you to stick around as I navigate through this exciting new project. I will be releasing a handful of stories through the end of the year to keep spooky season going long after Halloween. Thank you for lending me your ear tonight and beyond. Haunted Hypothetical You're walking home under the starry sky of night, alone. Before you are two routes. The first is the long road through the well-lit side streets of your hometown. The other is a shortcut that takes you straight home through a dark forest. Do you take the familiar road home, or do you travel the wooded path under the cover of darkness? Tonight's story is titled, The Path. The backyard was alive with the scent of pumpkin flesh and the sound of laughter. Max Mortar and their friends gathered together on a warm fall afternoon with large gourds in tow for a classic autumn activity. Picnic tables were strewn with knives, spoons, and bowls of slimy pumpkin guts as the group eagerly set out to work carving out their masterpieces. Some went for classic jack-o'-lantern faces, while others carved intricate patterns and designs from pre-made paper layouts. As the afternoon gave way to early evening, they toasted to their creations with glasses of warm apple cider and cold ale. They drank and chatted until the sun was nearly set. Upon nightfall, everyone packed up and headed home to prepare for the week ahead. While most came by car, Max lived close enough to walk home. That meant Max would take the path. Just north of town center rested a small wooded area. The brush was dense, filled with tall trees and chatty wildlife. The occasional stray cat could be found within the woods keeping a watchful eye on its surroundings. The town voted to build a walking trail through the woods in the 70s, starting at Foster Street and ending by Cross Road. Planned and paved a year later, the path ran horizontally across the woods with a metal fence along its perimeter to keep folks from exploring. Overall, it was a mundane nature trail that made for an excellent shortcut, except for one key detail. Nestled in its center was a mysterious structure. The old wooden structure stood abandoned in the clearing, surrounded by stones and overgrown brush. It looked like it was once a house or maybe a large shack, but was now a crude heap of lumber and glass covered in moss. Nobody, not even the eldest town folks, knew what it was for. Whatever significance it once held was now lost. Of course, there were stories. Some say the structure was once a monastery that hosted occult rituals. Others insisted a witch lived out there that could speak to the wildlife. There was even a story involving some extraterrestrials in one of the local townsfolk. Max heard it all growing up. In fact, 
One night after a rousing game of hide-and-seek, their childhood best friend Bobby Raskin was dared to walk the path at night, alone. The memory was fuzzy, but Max remembered Bobby bravely taking the dare and was alive at school the next day. All this to say, Max didn't fear the path. They took the path all the time, day and night. It was much shorter than going around the woods, which was a few miles rather than a quick jaunt. However, this would be Max's first time taking the path at night alone, just like Bobby Raskin. Max took off her home with a large jack-o'-lantern nestled in their arms. They looked back and watched the flickering glow of candles slowly fade into the distance. The autumn air blew crisp and cold, tinged with the scent of wood smoke and decaying leaves as Max walked home. The trees around them blazed with color, a fiery display of reds, oranges, and yellows that seemed almost too bright to be real. Max was lulled into the fall atmosphere, moving instinctually through the familiar streets. The sun disappeared behind the houses, casting long shadows across the ground. The wind picked up, rustling through the leaves and sending them spiraling to the ground like miniature tornadoes. In the distance, a dog howled mournfully, its cries echoing through the neighborhood. The sky was nearly full dark when Max arrived at the path. Its entrance was easy to miss, tucked away from the main road. But once you found it, there was no mistaking it. The dark corridor stood like a portal into the unknown. Overgrown weeds and brambles stuck out, welcoming them to their chosen route. Staring into the abyss, Max thought back to the night of the dare. Max had a group of friends in the neighborhood back then, the kind of friends that were built into the early years of one's life. The kids spent many warm nights, from summer to late fall, out past dinner. After all, hide-and-seek was best played under the cover of night. That particular evening, Bobby was found first both rounds and was dubbed the loser, and thus was subject to a dare. Max couldn't recall who spoke the dare. It was definitely one of the older kids. Bobby took the dare without hesitation. Max remembered being more scared for Bobby than Bobby was for himself. The kids eagerly watched Bobby until he disappeared into the darkness. Rather than follow, Max hitched a ride home with a friend on a pair of bike bags. They could barely sleep that night. All they could think about was Bobby and the path. Max waited anxiously for the next morning to come. Sure enough, Bobby was in school and seemed perfectly fine. Presently, however, Max had a lingering feeling that this recollection wasn't totally accurate. They concentrated, trying to make the static of the past turn into clarity. A dull ache shot through Max's arms, interrupting this thought. They were still carrying the large pumpkin, which felt heavier and heavier by the minute. Max had to keep moving. So, they pressed on down the path. The path twisted and turned through the dense woods, the trees looming like gnarled fingers in the moonlight. The sound of twigs snapping underfoot echoed ominously through the stillness, and the leaves rustled like a ghostly whisper. The path itself was dark, with the only illumination coming from the moon and the occasional flicker of fireflies. Max had to rely on muscle memory to navigate, but the uneven terrain of loose rocks and tree roots made that task difficult. For that first section, Max felt fine, but as they grew closer to the midpoint of the journey, their mind wandered back to Bobby who took the path alone at night and came out fine. Bobby, who was probably living a normal, happy life right now. But that lingering feeling clung to their mind. What was Max forgetting? Max woke up late that morning after Bobby entered the path and rushed to school. 
Their concern dissipated upon entering the classroom and seeing Bobby sitting at his desk, alive and well. Max greeted him and immediately inquired about the night before. But Bobby didn't want to talk about it. In fact, he brushed off the whole thing. He said nothing happened and he was fine. And just like that, like a ton of bricks, Max now understood that Bobby was not fine. Over time, Bobby withdrew, first academically and then socially. He became very quiet and stopped talking to his friends. He stopped talking to anyone for that matter. And eventually, he and his mother moved away without saying anything. Max didn't quite remember the details, but they remembered their friendship with Bobby fading away. Back then, it felt gradual. Childhood friendships are wonderful, but fleeting. One day, Bobby was Max's best friend. And the next, Bobby was a complete stranger. Was it just part of growing up? Or did something happen to him? As this question echoed through Max's mind, a shiver crept into their body. They came back to the present, taking a breath and slowing their pace. The path reached its apex. A bend in the trail appeared, shrouded in shadow. Under the cover of the full fall trees, the darkness seemed to grow thicker. There was a palpable presence that clung to the air, making the hairs on the back of Max's neck stand up. As they approached the bend, the deep sense of foreboding grew stronger with every step. They knew what was coming. The clearing was just around the corner. Through the dark veil, Max approached the clearing. Their plan was to just walk right past this point, eyes shut and feet moving as quickly as they could. But something drew them to the fence, as if by force. Before Max knew it, they were standing at the fence, an unwilling participant in what was to come. In the clearing stood the structure. Under the spotlight of the moon, it looked almost angelic, a stark difference from how it looked under the sunlight. The surrounding stones stood tall and stoic, with a new detail that made Max's stomach sink. Atop the three largest stones were unlit black candles melted onto the rock. The wind stopped, the leaves stood still on the ground, and the night bugs ceased chattering. Everything went quiet. All of Max's neurons fired, screaming for their body to keep moving down the path. Yet, they remained motionless, the pumpkins still cradled in their arms, frozen in place. Out of thin air, the candles caught fire. The flickering fire gave the stones a talisman-like glow. The flames grew bigger and brighter with every second, conjuring a large cloud of smoke into the air. Max watched in helpless horror as the smoke formed into two figures. A pair of ghosts appeared, their forms obscured by billowing cloaks of black smoke that writhed like living things. The pair floated above the structure. Max stood staring up at the ghosts without blinking an eye, completely trapped by fear. The ghosts floated on, nobody breaking their gaze. Neither the ghosts nor Max budged an inch. Within a momentary blink, the ghosts seemed closer. Max wasn't sure if the ghosts actually moved or that any of this was really happening, so they blinked again. When Max opened their eyes, the ghosts were now definitely closer. In a panic, Max tried not to blink despite how terrifying it was to look upon the ghosts. It became a staring contest for life or death. In the silence, Max heard a soft whisper. Specifically, Max heard their name. It was the ghosts, 
barely audible, but clear as day to Max. The prolonged eye contact caused their eyes to sting. Max shut their eyes briefly to relieve some of the pain. But when they opened, the ghosts were now at the fence, standing side by side, a mere foot in front of Max. Max. Without words, as if by thought, one of the ghosts told Max it wanted to show them something. The ghost lifted one pale arm to the fence, phasing through the decaying iron. It placed its icy hand on Max's shoulder. Max felt a cold feeling spread through their body, working its way to their chest. Their heart began to beat slow. At first, this was oddly calming, but soon turned into a dreadful feeling. Max began to feel faint. Everything started fading to black. As the darkness tried to take hold, Max heard a low growl. The sound didn't come from the ghosts. It came from behind. A pair of stray cats appeared. An orange cat with folded ears, followed by a lanky tuxedo cat. The felines had their backs arched and teeth bared, yowling in unison. Both pairs stood parallel to each other with Max in the middle, like some sort of fucked up sandwich. The orange cat hissed, causing the ghost to let go of Max briefly. At this, the spell over Max vanished. A warm feeling rushed through their extremities. The pumpkin dropped out of their now loose arms and smashed to pieces. Max's body no longer felt cold, and, more importantly, they could move. Adrenaline took over. Max turned and sprinted down the path as the cats continued to press the ghosts. Minutes later, a dim light appeared down the end of the path. It was the street light where the path met crossroad, Max's street, a light at the end of this horrifying tunnel. As Max ran down the path, their heart pumping relentlessly in their chest, they could hear the wind rushing past their ears. Their feet pounded against the ground, sending small clouds of dust into the air. Max was so fixated on the light that they hit a loose root and tripped, tumbling forward with a crash. Their face hit the ground with a sickening crunch, shooting pain through their skull. Max lay there, stunned and disoriented, trying to catch their breath. Blood dripped down Max's nose and forehead. Their vision swam in and out of focus as they tried to find their footing. Max tried to get up, but every passing moment sent waves of pain through their body. Then suddenly, a chill radiated up from their foot. It spread through their body like a plague, sapping their strength and making it harder and harder to move. Max's heart sank as they looked down to see another ghost with its hand tightly wrapped around their ankle. They tried to pull away, but the grip only tightened, sending more waves of cold through their entire body. Max. The ghosts wanted to show Max something, and it was eager. Max grew deeper and deeper into its gaze. Reality crumbled around them, everything turning into all-encompassing darkness. In the cold, hollow black, Max heard a scream. It almost sounded like Bobby. Then they heard another scream, and another, and another, and soon Max was surrounded by a chorus of painful shrieks. Max. The ghostly whisper felt like a sharp scrape against their skin. Max knew if they did not get up now, they would be left screaming in the dark forever.
As if the sphere was broadcast, the cats emerged yet again from down the path. The pair of guardian angels approached the ghost. Their fur stood on end, and their eyes glowed with a divine light. For a moment, the cold grip on Max loosened. The darkness began to blur, and reality came back into focus. Seizing this opportunity, Max pulled himself free and scrambled to their feet. The cats circled the ghost, both parties hissing back and forth at one another. Max stumbled forward into a run with no intention of watching this go down. They ran and ran, and after what seemed like a lifetime of running, made it out of the path. Without stopping, Max took the immediate right onto Cross Road and ran all the way home. Time passed from this night, but Max was unable to shake the cold feeling. It was as if the cold itself was tattooed to their bones, as if the ghosts left an imprint on them. A couple weeks after the path, Max opened their basement door to see one of the ghosts at the bottom of the steps, hiding in the darkness of the basement. It disappeared after the lights came on, but Max never opened that door again. Then there were the dreams. The three ghosts visited Max nearly every night, calling out to them with cold, ghostly whispers. Everything would grow black, and the tortured screams would begin again. Max would wake up in a panic, freezing cold. And sometimes, Max would see the ghost standing outside of the window, watching. Obviously, Max tried to track down his old friend Bobby Raskin. The two shared a similar fate. Perhaps they could learn something from him. But when they called Bobby's mother, they learned the terrible truth. Mrs. Raskin told Max everything. The depression and anxiety Bobby exhibited after that night. The hallucinations that never seemed to end. Bobby began to drink in his late teens and, well, he never made it to his 21st birthday. Max sobbed both out of sadness for a friend and fear for themselves. That's when Max became detached from everything, their friends, their family, their work, and even their passions. They barely left the house, weary of a face-to-face -face encounter with the ghosts. As the summer heat arrived and the cold didn't waver, Max decided they had enough. They could not live in this paranoid state of fear any longer. So, Max packed up all their belongings and headed west. That was three years ago. Max now resides in sunny San Diego in a quaint home near the beach. They adapted well to the west coast, finding a stable job and forming new friendships. Max even adopted a cat, an orange tabby they affectionately named Pumpkin. The warm weather seemingly melted the cold from their bones, but it was really time that taught Max how to deal with it. They thought about the path less and less until it faded into obscurity. But lately, Max has been feeling an uncomfortably familiar chill, and a regularly cold breeze will brush up against their cheek. A chunk of ice in a cocktail will linger just a little too long on their lips. All small things, but these occurrences sent the same icy jolt through Max's whole being. And some nights lately, Max startles awake from a dream they cannot remember, freezing cold. In the silence, they hear a whisper. The End Thank you for listening to tonight's Haunted Hypothetical. 
I hope you enjoyed it and are feeling thoroughly chilled. Keep your ears open for my next scare. It's right around the corner. Tonight's episode was written, narrated, and produced by me. The Haunted Hypotheticals theme song is by Rebecca Ruskulczyk. Thank you, and good night.